before we start the show this week, I've got to tell you about this fantastic <laughs> new podcast called Marvels, based on the legendary graphic novel by Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross. It's an incredible window into the Marvel Universe. The show takes place in the backdrop of the Fantastic Four showdown with Galactus, but it follows a photographer, a student, and a journalist on their mission to investigate a sprawling, super-powered conspiracy theory. I've listened to this thing. I've checked out a couple of episodes. Honestly, I'm very impressed by this podcast. It is so cool. It brings the pages of this comic to life, and I hope you get a chance to check it out. I mean, if you want to go learn more, head over to marvelspodcast.com for all the information you'll need about this Marvel's podcast. And if you decide you want to give it a listen, you can go over to stitcherpremium.com and sign up with the code COMIC. You'll get a free month of Stitcher Premium, which will let you listen to Marvel's right now. That's stitcherpremium.com with the promo code COMIC. Welcome to an I Read Comic Books mini-sode with Kate and Kate. That's Kate Lamphere and Kate Scotchless here to discuss, guess what? A young adult graphic novel. <laughs> no way. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are discussing Pumpkin Heads by Rainbow Rowell, um, art by Faith, Faith Aaron Hicks, and colors by Sarah Stern. Rainbow Rowell, I know from the current run of Runaways and also a whole lot of, like, prose young adult books and then i realized when we were doing this that faith aaron hicks has done a whole bunch of avatar and lumberjanes and so i already loved her art um and then it turns out that sarah stern has done a bunch of stuff for boom like brave chef brianna and goldie vance so i also love her art i had never seen anything by sarah stern or heard of it well i guess i've heard of goldie vance but i've not seen it before um but Rainbow Rowell and F- Faith Aaron Hicks I was familiar with. Rainbow Rowell, like you said, I've we've read the her prose YA books. Fangirl is one of my faves. Yep. And then I love her prose YA book, uh, Carry On. <laughs> Which I still need to read. It's great. Oh my gosh. It's kind of like a like if they paired Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy, but Draco Malfoy was like a vampire. Um <laughs> and I'm it's sold. Like just it's just like it's it's fan fiction, only they published it, and it's great. Anyway. That's, that's literally all books are. They're just <laughs> fan fiction that people publish. Yeah. So we already know that we love Rainbow Rowell. Um, but Kate, what did you think of this book in particular? This book in particular, I ordered off the internet from a site that shall not be named. And it came to me, and I happily sat down to read it. And when I opened the book, pages fell out. And I was like, huh, that's weird for a brand new book. It was like something happened with this, the binding where it literally just wasn't glued in. So that was my initial impression of the book. I did end up reading it carefully and then returning it for a full refund. So, Because um, I was like, hey, your product fell apart. That was a bummer. So you, you forgot the part where you bind it together. <laughs> There's very few pieces involved in book publishing, as Kate Lamphere knows. <laughs> um, t- how did you forget this one key element? But anyway, um, I don't know. Uh, I liked it. I read this at the beginning of October, I think, and I was very ready to get in the fall spirit, even though. Um, weird climate uh, change fun stuff is happening. And so Michigan was 
very hot some of those days that I wanted to be in the spirit. Um, so I like the atmosphere. I shouldn't say that. I love the atmosphere. I immediately went to the store and bought some apple cider because I wanted that atmosphere in my house. Um, I didn't love the plot so much. What did you think about the the basic story beats? What, were you into it or were was it did it fall flat for you? Before I get into that, I want to warn everybody that this yes. is going to be full spoilers because I always forget to say that, but it's and definitely going to be true. It's a good thing you said that because I also <laughs> did not remember. You'd think that we had never done these before. Uh, it's only been a few years. We'll get it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the general plot of this book is that two friends, Josiah and Deja, have worked at this pumpkin patch for multiple years worth of falls together. And as you learn over the course of the book, they are pretty much the very best of friends, but only during fall, because they think that they each have their own lives outside of this pumpkin patch. They don't want to interrupt one another. Like, it's very polite. Um, They're very work friend vibe. Yeah, except that it's like, I don't know, it really felt like they were besties to me. It reminded me of... Of what people are meeting when they say their work wife or their work husband, which are both terms that I I kind of squeam at. But yeah, like they're like, we are soulmates at work. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And over the course of this book, you realize that it's their last year that they're going to be doing this. I think they're going away to they're, college. Yeah, they're seniors in high school, and this has been a high school job for them every fall. Yep, and I... Um, they decide to um, play hooky, basically, and leave their posts and go and try to pretty much taste everything that they haven't tasted at the different food stalls throughout this basically theme park-sized pumpkin patch. And it's in the very, meantime... very, like, yeah, theme park carnival-y. It's not the kind of pumpkin patch that I usually conjure in my mind. But I want to go here. This place yeah. looks amazing. <laughs> I was thinking about it as pumpkin patch park, geez, pumpkin patch theme park USA, small yes. town America. Like, come and see it. Like, <laughs> it was very big. There's corn mazes and there's like a hundred employees. From the amount of them that you actually meet, it seems like there has to be a lot to run this gigantic place. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, Deja is trying to get Josiah to talk to this girl that he's been like low key crushing on for the last four or five years. And he's like kind of a shy kid. He just wants to har work hard and do his job and hang out with her. And that's like all that he's interested in. And she's like, no, this is your last day that you have to talk to this girl. We're going to make it happen. And while we make that happen, I'm also going to go on a quest to eat every single food here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so there is like a journey um, in this book. And I'm usually really into journey books. But this one was just walking across a very large pumpkin patch yeah. and getting into all sorts of trouble, which I liked and I didn't like. Like it felt like it was supposed to be a a journey like capital j journey right. like <clears throat> you're off questing the world hunting like sea monsters or something but it's just a pumpkin patch but also i kind of liked seeing a lot of the pumpkin patch so i had mixed feelings that's where i was at too that it was a little underwhelming you're kind of going from um 
little gazebo to little gazebo, you know, the s'mores pit to the pie hut to the whatever other taffy apple stuff, you know, um, I don't remember the actual names of them, but, you know, just from location to location, but within the, like, you know, a few minutes walk from each other and they're kind of talking as they go and you realize that Josiah is like just clueless, like he has a crush on someone he's never spoken to, so he knows nothing about her and Deja seems much more with it. But at the same time, you're kind of like, neither of you want a good reference from this place, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Um, did, what did you think about the reveal, as it were? The the twist? I've got mixed feelings again. <laughs> like, I really liked... So, as you walk through this pumpkin patch, you meet all of Deja's exes, all of the people that she's dated from this pumpkin patch, which seems to be anybody within her age range other than Josiah. Do they have a pulse? Yeah. She's dated them. (laughs) So, it's LGBT, which is awesome. Like, she's definitely bi or pan, and that was great to see. And the first one of her exes that you meet is a girl, very feminine girl. And so, I'm like, okay, we've got, she's a lesbian, great. Don't have to worry about a romantic subplot here, except yeah, that we do. <laughs> yeah, that was my thing as well. Where I'm like, oh, good, we're not going to do a, a dumb like love triangle thing because that's usually my the thing that I struggle with with YA is that kind of the cliche cliche. And at least in this case, it wasn't a girl with two boys who love her for inexplicable reasons. But yeah. still, I I did think that was very. You see it coming from page two, you know, of, um, yep, these are best friends that haven't spoken their feelings for each other, and she, they're, he's gonna... So what ends up happening is that Josiah actually does speak to this girl. She turns out to be awful from, like, the first words <laughs> out of her mouth, and he's yep. like, oh, you ruined everything by opening your mouth. You get so much less attractive when you speak. <laughs> um which like She's we've all mean. known, we've all known people like that, um, <laughs> and yeah. So he's like is instantly put off by that, and then you know the the scabs fall away from his eyes, and he realizes that Deja is the one for him. So uh. yeah, and I guess at some point she references that at some time in their their history together, she did like him, and she was trying to like throw herself at him, but he was right. just totally oblivious, which I completely. believe yeah he was a high school boy like that's just what happens um (laughs) i mean high school girls too yeah i i like the idea that they intend to keep in touch after the pumpkin patch like i do think that they are like like besties at heart and i i've fallen for that i want them to be in one another's lives I don't need it to be romantically, though. That's where I was at. I also thought um, while reading the book and afterwards about who this book is probably intended for, like the the age range that's their target demographic, I would guess is probably middle school, early high school. Um, and for that age range, I think this actually might not be so such a basic story. Um and in that sense, I, I think I can give it a lot of passes, especially since I really enjoyed the experience of kind of being in Pumpkinland, of having all those crunchy fall leaves and hot apple cider vibes. 
Um, there were also some really great panels. Like, there's a goat that gets on the loose from the yes. petting zoo. It's just, like, running through panel after panel throughout this graphic novel, just kind of in the background, tearing shit up. And that, I appreciated that. Like, it's so dumb, but I liked it. There's also the reoccurring thing of, like, the little kid picking on Deja, which uh, I did not like. No. I agree. So with the goat, you you hear that a goat has broken out of the petting zoo part of this park. And he's a really mean goat. And that's kind of all that you hear about it for a little while. And then suddenly you see like this group, like a large group of people running away from something terrified. And then the next panel, you see the goat. And this all happens in the background of different panels. And it seems like every other place that they they visit in the park it's just in the background chasing somebody or harassing somebody or stealing somebody's food and it's really funny and i really like it because it just adds this element of like chaos to what you you think is otherwise like a reasonably well organized tourist attraction i guess yeah it definitely has that run by high schoolers vibe where each kind of location they go to it's like slight chaos out of control things are burning but like yeah just enough to stay in business and you're fine and like and that's very much like how it is when you're working with a bunch of high schoolers i think that's that's pretty accurate yeah and at one point they have to save some basically substitutes Mm -hmm. for the the food stand they usually run from yeah, what, like burning all of that? the succotash succotash there you go <laughs> succotash. and i was like i should actually look up what succotash is because i'm not sure but then i forgot to it's some kind of vegetable <laughs> okay <laughs> that doesn't sound as appealing as the pie palace to me i feel like being from the midwest we should probably know what succotash is yeah that's all right i mean we're just failures as residents of our state and that's okay If you haven't heard already, Marvel just released a new podcast about the Fantastic Four called Marvels, based on the infamous graphic novel by Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross. It's made by the same people behind the excellent Wolverine podcast, and it goes into the story of the Fantastic Four's first encounter with Galactus and, you know, his herald, the Silver Surfer. The trailer for this is incredible. This thing sounds amazing. And if you listen to the Wolverine podcast, I think you'll really enjoy this. So if you want to learn more about Marvels, go to marvelspodcast.com. And if you decide you want to give it a listen, go to stitcherpremium.com and sign up with code COMIC. That's C-O-M-I-C. You'll get a free month trial of Stitcher Premium, which will let you listen to Marvels right now. That's stitcherpremium.com with the promo code COMIC. I do like the names of some of these stands, though. You've got the Haunted Hacienda, which is like a little graveyard area, the Pumpkin Bomb Stand, the Pumpkin Slingshot. There's a little map at the beginning of the book that shows you how everything is set up so you can kind of follow their journey through the book. And it's just delightful. Like, it's a little, like, cartoony. Like, everything is a little bit, like, bigger than scale, and it's got, like, all these funny things happening. Like, there's an actual, like, like, um, one of those things where they'd throw giant rocks at the walls of castles. Oh yeah, the, um, the catapults. The catapults. Thank you. So the pumpkin slingshot part of the map has a catapult with a pumpkin in it, 
It's very funny. <laughs> um, I liked, as they're going on this journey, the sense of time that Sarah Stern gives it with her color work of the changing color of the day just the the light tones and the not necessarily even the sky, but you can tell that it's getting later and later in the evening as just the um, the light quality changes and the you know in the panels. And I thought that was really a really good use of color because there's really nothing else in the story until the very end where they're like, oh yeah, it's getting late, the park's closing. Um, that gives you any sense of time whatsoever. And so I thought that was really well done. Yeah, I didn't even notice that, but you're right. Um, going back through this book. Yeah, if you flip through, it's like subtle, pa- like panel to yeah. panel. But if you like over the course of the book, especially if you're reading it in one sitting, you're like, oh, yeah, this is transitioning to meet the to the end of their day, um, which I thought was really well done. Yeah, I agree. I also, in terms of color use, they both both in color and uh, Faith Aaron Hicks drawing that they didn't didn't stick to just all white stick bodies that there are lots of different body types of lots and lots of different shape sizes colors everything in between you know like that, that people just look like people which I thought made it more of that like you could see yourself going to this place unlike yeah. um, some some books where it's like very I don't know. There's just more of a distance to it when everyone in it is. It just doesn't look like the real world, I guess. I understand what you're saying, and I agree. It's a very visually diverse cast of characters. Yeah, and not and not in like a, not in a weird or forced way. It just like in a very natural way, and it's not just like oh, we had a colorist make some of the people not be white, like that. Like you get in some books where it's like an afterthought, and it's just like a white person colored brown and you're just like well that's not how that works um so they actually just like like actually had characters that look different um which was nice and i appreciate that deja is not like a barbie doll skinny especially when i think about like middle schoolers reading this i think that's really good I also just really like her hunt for the different snacks. Right? That's like definitely and without, something I would do. It's exactly something I'd... Well, no. First of all, I would not work there and not experience all those snacks. That's <laughs> but, true. Um, wait, she's the one who had experienced them and was getting, having her last chance to have them. He was the one that was kept being like, oh, I've never had that. Um, yeah. And I was like, what kind of freak are you? Um, but, yeah, and that's, that's there's no, like shame on her end or on or like or anyone else's when she's like yeah i'm getting all this food i'm like having a sugar fest because it's my last day and everyone's like yeah that's legit yeah so which snack of hers would you like to try the most i think the one that made me the hungriest was when they were at the s'mores pit and i was like mm, i need one of those right now like the whole like the campfire smoke and all in like that whole like oh that's such a fall fall camping vibe like your flannel shirt your campfire and you got to get close to it because you're cold but also because you're roasting a marshmallow that's takes me back so there's this snack that they keep referencing called a pumpkin bomb and i have yet to yes. figure out what it actually is well it's described it's like her like pumpkin pie ice cream cone thing where it's like 
a pumpkin pie slice dipped in ice cream and chocolate or something like on a stick. Okay. I don't know what the illustration looks like. When you combine multiple desserts into a single mega dessert, I'm on board. (laughs) I agree. I basically need to figure out how to make all of these snacks. Some of them are easy. Some of them are like caramel corn, um, s'mores. Yeah. Yeah. Fudge. Pie. Yeah, but like succotash, I don't know what succotash is. I've never had succotash. And then this like pumpkin bomb thing. I think that we have to have a party. Um, Literally coming to your house on Saturday. So like we could make this happen. (laughs) Just open the door with the pumpkin bomb. Like (laughs) surprise everyone else who didn't realize what this was going to be about. (laughs) Okay. I'm looking up succotash. Stand by. Succotash. How do you spell that? S-U-C-C. O-T-A-S-H. Okay, nothing on on Google makes it look like it did in that thing. It all looks like <laughs> vegetable dishes. Classic, cl- here's McCormick's classic succotash recipe. Tender lima beans, red bell pepper, and corn kernels combine to create an eye-appealing and delicious side dish. No, that is not <laughs> the sugar rush I'm looking for. What the heck? Listeners, please write in with what this is about, because Martha Stewart says serve this hearty southern dish as an entree or alongside comfort fare, but it is also lima beans, corn, and various vegetables slurried together. It kind of sounds like yams, but with different ingredients that would still somehow taste like yams. But it looks... so Okay, so in the art, it looks like basically like oatmeal that they're stirring, Maybe that's, it's supposed to be these little bits of vegetables, and I just thought it was some, like, I don't know, I had a sense of it being, like, hot caramel taffy stuff that's getting stirred or something, or, like, molasses. So it's, like, winter vegetable salsa? Guess so. I don't know. They were burning it when we see it in the book, though. Like, they're, like, substitute kids. Which is probably was fine. was on fire. Because some poor <laughs> kids were in line, and their parents are like, no, you're having succotash, not a pumpkin pie bomb. And they're like, but I want a pumpkin bomb. And they're like, that's too much sugar. You're having these vegetables. And then the vegetables caught on fire. And the kids were like, thank God, now I can have my pumpkin bomb. Do you think that that's why the one kid was such a jerk and kept stealing all of Deja's snacks? Honestly, the kids being awful in this park was like hands down the most realistic thing about this park. Because that is the worst thing about going to any public location like this. You're like, oh, the magic of fall. And then there's some like kids shrieking because they don't get what they want. And then they go steal it from somebody else. Yep. <laughs> there's like a train. What pumpkin patch have you been to that has a train? I've been to many theme parks and historical villages with trains, but never a pumpkin patch. The zoo I worked at had a train. Definitely yes. not a pumpkin patch, though. Yes, and zoos. I would call this a person zoo that is pumpkin themed. That's a good one. I also really like the concept of the corn maze has a secret employee uh, cut through path to get yeah. to a different part of the park. I'm like, that's like the most realistic thing. Um, and I want to take that, except not at night. Can you imagine if you're an employee going through the corn maze alone at night to get to your next like station that you have to be at? No, thank you, please. That's where those evil children come back into play. Yeah, the very end, the very end of the book, even after the big reveal happens, 
I think is my favorite part because you see the jerk kid in the background having just stolen Deja's last snack. And the goat comes out of nowhere and starts chasing him. So the last time you see him is him running away from the goat, throwing the snack to try to like get the goat to like follow the snack instead. It's it's very um it just feels right to it's me. Ju- it's just desserts. See what I did there? <laughs> see what I did there? Oh. Uh. Okay, that's it, folks. No. <laughs> so, okay, if you had to hand this book off to one person, like one type of person or one person in your life, who who would you recommend this to? Who would you most like to give this to? I don't I don't know any older children. Well, kind of like an idea of an older child then. Yeah, like somebody that just started high school, like you said, like late middle school, early high school, kind of a outdoorsy person, um, somebody that's used to living someplace where it gets cold, because I feel like knowing that it's a little bit chilly in this book helped me like yes. get into get into it. And I can't imagine like reading this in like Florida. I was just in Florida. It was very warm and feeling like it was fall. Like, yeah. I don't know if I could really get into the story. Yeah, I think I would think the think of the same um, kind of kids I think of for Lumberjanes, where yeah. especially any queer kids in that age range, any just any kids that um, are into reading, are into um, any of any of Rainbow Rowell's books. I think if you're into her YA, this is worth picking up. Like at very least, so there's very good parts about it, and then. At very least, it's a super quick read. Like, there is very little time commitment to this book because there's very few words per page. So if you want to, you can fly right through it. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think, like, the the standard Lumberjanes audience. So, like, more advanced kids that are younger could probably handle this book pretty easily and enjoy it. Um, thinking, like, fourth, fifth graders. Um, oh, yeah. And, I think that would be fun. Yeah. I don't know that once... And so I have the uh, distinct pleasure to manage several teenagers, which, like, do not recommend. Um, just kidding. All my teenagers I manage are true delights. It's just a whole different experience. Um, but I would not hand this to any late teens, I don't think. Um, I think, especially at that age, they're, at least I was less forgiving of things feeling young. Whereas now um, I definitely go, oh, well, I'm not their target audience and that's okay. You know what I mean? Whereas when I was 18, I might not. I I definitely did not do that. I was like, oh, this is stupid. I'm I'm way too mature for this. Too cool for school. So. Yeah. Have you been reading her um, Runaways series? I have not. I actually, so... I read the first few volumes of the original run of Runaways and then the volume was missing from our library like someone stole it or something or just didn't return it. Um, Something nefarious so that I can be angry at them, I think. (laughs) And so I never ended up finishing the series and then just sort of forgot about it. Like I didn't have the next one and then it just like didn't happen. And so then when it came started back up, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to finish that and then I'll read the new ones. But the thing about comics is there's always tons of new comics and yeah. it's like very much very easy. To, so that was one of those uh, books that I wanted to read and then just never got to. So, alas. Yeah, the tone of this book reminds me of Molly in, in that book. 
Yeah. Um, because she's, I want to say she's 13, 14, and she's kind of like pretty carefree, but she also understands that sometimes things can be hard. Um, yeah, these kids, especially Deja, seems like more emotionally mature, yeah. even though she does like they both act their age very much, which I appreciate because you definitely don't get that in a lot of YA. A lot of YA kids act like they're 25. Um, yeah. But these these kids definitely think and act and speak like kids. Um, but which yeah, I think Rainbow Rowell does pretty well. She definitely does. Um I think that's why it's so easy to like why I liked Fangirl so much is her college female lead character was such a college female lead character, like a freshman in college that it was very easy to see myself in her. Um, but yeah, like to that end, I think people that like runaways um, like that, that age demographic, um, I'd hand it to too. Does this book remind you of any other books that you would recommend if people like Pumpkinheads? It reminded me the most of Lumberjanes, I think, although Lumberjanes has a very summer feel that being out that, I don't know, like that woodsy campfire um, vibe was still there. And the um, the different different people just looking like different people versus um, all the same kind of look, if that makes sense. Yeah, I read a book um at random that I just grabbed from the library one day called Will and Wit, and it was by Laura Lee Goolidge. And I really, this book made me think a lot about that. That was another kind of um, so younger YA. OGN? It was, yeah. And it had the same kind of, um, kind of journey in it. Not that she walked through a pumpkin patch in that one. <laughs> But it was more of a personal journey, like something had happened in her life that she had to work through. And in that book, she had a personal project. I think she had like an art project that she was trying to finish. And then by the end of it, she'd kind of um, kind of drawn away from her friends and things. And by the end of it, she would kind of like pulled everything back together herself yeah. and her life <clears throat> and her friends. And it kind of just ended on the same upbeat tone that she was together with somebody else. Interesting. So that's not a very good description, but tone-wise, they're very similar. Do you have anything to add? Well, I think we really covered all our bases here. Uh, if we missed anything, please contact us. Uh, you can find us online at ircbpodcast.com and the pronunciation guide and merch is all there as well. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Kate Elfier and the podcast is at, at ircbpodcast where mostly Mike and Kara and Xander will post comic book news, art, sass, and more. You can also email the show with comments, questions, uh, corrections about Sakatash and more at ircb at destroythesibe.org. This episode f- first aired on Patreon. Thank you for supporting us. Um, Infinity Shred is the very best in the entire world. They do all of our music. Xander is also very fantastic. He's the wizard that ed- ed- edits our show. Um, thank you for listening. And until next time, young adult comics are good and so are you.